1: Our Voice. Preserving Our Stories. Join Caroline Vogels and Jess Morhey for an insight into the lives of our community elders. Joy 94.9 gratefully acknowledges the support of the Victorian Government and Public Record Office Victoria for making this project possible.
2: Senior Constable Gabby Tyak was born in Sydney in the early 70s and was raised by her mum and dad with three brothers. Gabby joined the New South Wales Police Force, or Police Service as it was known then in 1999, and three years later relocated to Victoria, both for her career and also to follow her heart. Four years after joining Victoria Police, Gabby became a gay and lesbian liaison officer, commonly called a GLOW, following in the big boots of Melinda Edwards. Gabby has been a full-time GLOW for about the past four and a half years. Gabby's driving passion is to help people to make a difference and to be a voice of the GLBTI community. In addition to working with the gay and lesbian community, Gabby also works closely with VicPol new and emerging community liaison officers to help protect vulnerable people from family violence and encouraging all people to report violence and crime in general. In 2008, Gabby became a regular guest on the Joy 94.9 Glow Show, now called the Victoria Police Community Hour on Wednesdays at 12 o'clock. And Gabby's always trying to reach a wider audience to spread the message, report crime, and you can feel safe by speaking with a glow. Outside her day job, Gabby enjoys life with her partner, Jewel, of 11 years, spending time tending to their menagerie, which includes the traditional birds, German shepherd dogs, a cat, but also a goat and a snake. And Gabby also follows the Geelong footy team, and if time permits, love spending time enjoying beach and bush. I believe Gabby Tyek is the person everyone would love to have as their best friend. And she joins my co-host Jess and I on our voice. Welcome, Gabby. Wow, what an intro. And welcome, Jess. Thanks for coming
3: in today, Gabby. It's nice to actually put a face to the voice. I've listened to your show um, here on Joy a few times. So it's, yeah. it's nice to see people. In real life. It is, it is. Well, I'm a real
0: person. <laughs> she is. What <laughs> we like to
3: do here on Our Voices, take our listeners through a little bit of a journey of your life. So maybe we could start off with some sort of
0: childhood yeah. s- stories. Hmm. Life in Sydney with
2: My, three brothers.
0: Yeah, well, I, I guess um, I grew up in Lancove. Um I don't know. Whether you know that area, it's not too far from the harbour and from the city, uh, just across the other side of the bridge. Beautiful part of town with uh, a national park. Yeah, and, and um, I've always liked going for walks in the bush and and with my dog. So from a young age, I always had a dog. So when we lived at Lane Cove, there was um Lane Cove National Park, which is a bit too far. F- for me to walk to as a child but just down the street was some bush so I'd always be down in the bush even when I was young and then we moved out to the northern beaches and um, French's Forest and um, that gave me opportunity to get down to the beach and also the bush around those areas so always had a dog with me and, and, and even now um, we live quite close to the yi yang so we were always up there with walking the dogs. So it, it was a. I mean, it was an interesting time growing up. I had three brothers. I was a second child. Um, me and my older brother were fairly separate because um, he sort of did his thing, I did mine, and then the two younger ones came along when I was about seven and eight. So um, I kind of had a childhood to myself, but had great neighbor friends and climb, would climb over the fence and play with the neighbors all the time. And so it was quite a good time growing up. Yeah.
2: So your influence to get into the police force, where did that come from?
0: Yeah, that's kind of I, – I don't really know. The only thing I can think of is that I liked watching police shows on TV. <laughs> As we know. Um, <laughs> and I'd, I'd finished high school. I'd gone to uni and got a degree and just really didn't know what to do with my life and was working in a pub um, and then thought I really need to do something, um, something that was a career. And then watching all the shows, I thought, well, why don't I give it a go? It looks quite exciting on TV. And then I joined, and uh, I've been here ever since, changing forces and moving into state,
2: but basically doing the same sort of job. So what did your mum and dad think about you becoming a police officer? Were they for it or scared or...? I really don't remember what they thought. Oh.
0: <laughs> I remember they came to my graduation um, down in Goulburn. Oh wow, um, freezing! Was it freezing or was it boiling at that time? Um, it was warm. It yeah. was it was in December, oh. so it was quite warm. But uh, yeah, I think they were quite proud of me, and uh, my mum was proud when I became a glow and um, started being on radio and and having stories in the paper and things like that. So. Yeah, I think they were proud. They um, but it, I was sort of. There's always the the boys that they're more proud of. Sometimes I think, yeah, yeah. You know, the, When you're the girl, you sort of oh well, you know, you do what you do. But the boys are the best. So let's go back a little bit further be- before that to schooling. What was school like for you? Um, I loved high school. Strangely, I went to Mara Sisters College, which is a Catholic school. Beautiful area in Woolwich. So um again be- I've always loved views and bush so it was right on on the Lane Cove River and well not really the river but the harbour and um and beautiful bush around it yeah. so what's not to love about that yeah and, mm. and a non-catholic and a catholic school was kind of interesting too
2: non-catholic in a catholic school tell us <laughs> how that works yeah I was
3: the same situation I loved it yeah, I loved certainly. all the
0: ceremony and yeah. mass yeah. Yeah. and
3: yeah okay. having time off to go and pray <laughs>
0: Exactly. That's what it was all about, wasn't it? Well, I I had a bit of experience with it because my neighbours that I grew up with um, were Catholic. So they would go to church and I would think, well, why are they going? I don't want to miss out. So sometimes i go to church with them and particularly around Christmas and Easter and things like that, I'd be at church. So when I got to the high school, I kind of knew what it was about, but still, it was quite a long process of, you know, knowing when to stand and knowing when to say "Amen." And Mm. yeah, (laughs) I did all through high school too. And then, should I be going up to get communion? Because I'm not Catholic, but I did because I wanted to try it. You don't want to be the only one sitting down. (laughs) So did
2: you have to go to confession?
0: Ah uh, No, I never did. I oh, so you're picking all the
2: good bits. Yeah, I don't think they did that there. Oh, I mean, okay. it, it wasn't a boarding school. Yeah, no, um, but I think they normally do. They love that, you mm, know.
3: We didn't do it either. Oh, really? I didn't have anything to confess. Oh, not at not at all.
2: <laughs> no, I'm sure not. Must have been. I was probably taking up all the time because mine my, my was the flip side. I was the Catholic in the non-Catholic school. Oh, wow. So you had to go out and get your confirmation practice and communion practice and then come in and everybody else had, had heaps of fun. And <laughs> I was in con- – anyway. We won't even go there. Yeah, well, my <laughs> mum wanted me to go
0: do it the Catholic school. She wasn't Catholic. She later became Catholic. Mm. Um, but she didn't want me to go to the, the government school at Hunter's Hill High, which I, th- I think was a pretty good school, but at the time had a bad reputation. Mm. Um, and I guess she didn't want me, you know, in a school with all the boys. and Rough and tumble. Yeah. You know, who knows what goes on there. Yeah. So little did put me know. among
2: all the girls, which I quite like. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> so you've brought a song along, and it's called Xanadu. Uh, And it's from Olivia Newton-John. And uh, why did you pick that song?
0: Well, growing up, my mum loved Olivia Newton-John and would always have her music playing around the house. And so from that, I I grew to love her. And I lost my mum almost six years ago now. And um, it just reminds me of her. And I think it's a beautiful song. I remember being in primary school singing it with my friends and it's probably been my favourite song since. Sounds good. Let's have a listen.
1: Joy 94.9 Our Voice Preserving the stories of our community elders. Joy 94.9.
2: You're listening to Our Voice with Jess Caroline and our special guest is Senior Constable Gabby Tyek from Victoria Police. And we just heard Xanadu and we're just calming down after skating around the studio. Well, I was witnessing all the skating around the studio. I have enough trouble just standing up. Um, now, we've heard a little bit about the childhood. So we've hit the 90s. You're in your early 20s. Take yourself back. What was happening for you around then? Hmm... Well, um, I did sneak into a Madonna
0: concert. Yeah, I um, chatted to the security guard. I was a bit of a stalker of Madonna back then, but a well-behaved one. I didn't do anything wrong except sneaking into the t- her rehearsals. <gasps> oh, wow. So that was pretty interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And then, so um, tell us a
2: bit more about that. How well, do you do that? Yeah. I'm going to write
0: notes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would. I was working, I think, at... Um, well, I must have been in the Longerville Hotel at the time. So I had interesting hours and night hours. So in the day, I'd just basically go stalkers. to, I think it was Double Bay, oh, where nice. she was staying, of and course. just sort of hang out there. And I met a good friend who I'm still very good friends with now, um, who li- he lives in Melbourne as well. So we, we became Madonna stalkers together. <laughs> Um, well behaved. Um, I, I love I, that a police officer's tell, yeah. talking about stalking. It's great. Well, w- while the other <laughs> while the other people were there, they were the crazy stalkers mm-hmm. who were, you know, she'd go out in her car and they'd go and shake the car oh, and wow. get around it. I would just stand there going, "Oh, that's disgusting! Yeah. How could you do that?" So I was the well behaved yeah. stalker. Yeah, that's the truth. <laughs> but um, we also went jogging with her when she went jogging down to Bondi Beach. So, and I ended up taking a photo of her jogging when we were running along beside her, and the security guard came and took the camera off me and oh. threw it on the ground <gasps> and all that sort of wow. stuff. So, got a bit of a story on in I think the the paper, Sun Herald or whatever it is up there. I can't remember. And. Um, Triple M um, yep. interview in the next day. I was, You know, <laughs> so it, was, cool. it was early 20s. Yeah. So I was excited yeah. and starstruck and it yeah. was something that I'll always remember. I've got some good photos of it too. And is she as gorgeous in the flesh? Well, she had, she had her short hair then
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, and I am haven't been a fan of short hair. I've grown up now and it's fine. But in those I, days so I was… Stabbing the heart here n- for the too short hair. I <laughs> well, no, I'm looking around the room. <laughs> 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 no, but I've changed. I've grown up. But at that stage I thought, you know what? the time you come to australia and you cut your hair short it's like a little cap yeah so um, she, yes gorgeous and tiny yeah absolutely yeah. tiny and fantastic also in the 20s um i i was um coming to terms with being a lesbian and not being able to really tell people other than my best friend that i liked girls yeah. um and had a relationship with a man because i thought that was the easiest thing to do and a lot of people do that yeah. and unfortunately it was Uh, a six-year relationship but it ended up being quite violent um so that was a tough time and not being able to tell anyone about that so i think you know a lot of us who are in the glbti community go through this sort of thing where we can't be our true self so we live a life that we think everyone else will accept and you know because i did that i put myself into you know a lot of danger went through a lot of heartache uh, um, physical injuries um I honestly think I was going to end up dead in that that relationship. Mm. So I have my own understanding about family violence Mm. and, you know, why people don't report. And at the end of that relationship, I joined New South Wales Police. So I was a police officer and still in that situation. So I really understand the psychology behind women staying in violent relationships.
2: How did you extract yourself out of that relationship?
0: Well, it, it was a really long process to leave because at the very end, I'd met my partner now mm-hmm. um, down here in Victoria and I was in Sydney. So it gave me an excuse to leave because I, I found it really difficult. When you're in this kind of relationship, you um, you kind of feel responsible for the other person, even though they're treating you so terribly, mm-hmm. yeah. you feel like you have to take care of them and that yeah. they, they can't sort of live without you. Yeah. So. It was a struggle for me to leave, and I kind of left. It went back a few times, and um, it ended basically because I had he'd found about out about my partner, mm-hmm. and um, I tr- we had a big argument. He he left with my car, and I had to catch two two buses and a train to get to work. And I was walking to work at the last part of the journey, and he drove up beside me, and um, said, "Oh, we need to talk." And basically, that was when he said, "Well, you're not going to see anyone again." And off he, off he drove with me in the car um, and I ended up getting out of the car and running off and hailing down a, 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 just a, a car on the road and going to the police station closest to where we were. I was in uniform. I was on my way to work. Um, so I honestly think that if I didn't get out of that car, I could have ended up another statistic because yeah. I know how the the cycle of violence works um, and I know where he was at mm mentally yeah. over those years and where he'd got to at that point. So thank God I got away.
2: Yeah, thank so, God. So, you know, that was a hard time in my life. And I know you're such an animal lover. Did you have pets at the time? Yeah. Because that can be a big part for a difficulty to, uh, to leave a relationship too, knowing that you can leave your, you know, yeah. well, for some people they're children. furry babies. Uh, furry yes. babies as well. So was that uh, yeah. another problem for
0: you? It was. Um, I ended up leaving. I had a dog and he had a dog. It was together but we had our own dogs but i, I left them together with him yeah. um and i went back and got my snake and mm. pretty much left everything i owned yeah. apart from you know one bag and the snake yeah all my photographs everything were left behind which i never got back i just ended it and yeah he, he got locked up and yeah, um and i just said that you know yep. I'll, I'll leave those things behind which i regret now mm. Um, but you know, I saved my life. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Was being new in the police
3: force, did that contribute to you not feeling confident in coming
0: out? Uh, as a lesbian? Yeah. Um, no, not at all. And after that happened, I did come out because obviously everyone knew about it. Um, it was went over the air that, you know, police officer in trouble and all that sort of stuff. So it was well known that that happened and, I think because of that, it was easier for me to come out because mm-hmm. I said, "Well, I have a new partner now, and and this is man, it's a woman." Yeah. So, um, but I think I would have um, told people anyway. And I, it's a process of telling people all through your life, as you know. Yeah. Whenever you meet someone new, you've got to say, "Well, my partner's a female."
2: Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it wasn't an issue. So on a on a good note, you said you met your partner during that time. Mm. How did that go? How did a uh, uh, rumor is that you met online? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, being in the relationship
0: that I was um, and living the life that I, a hidden life, um, not being who I really am, I was searching for things online, um, and I really got into the television show Xena because mm-hmm. you could see the relationship between Gabrielle and Zena. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of like my fantasy life, yeah. um, where I could just get away and. I got onto a Xena fan site where you could not really chat, but you could ask questions and, and get responses. And I just asked a question about a particular episode that I liked. I wanted to know the name of it and Jill um, responded to that. And um, funnily enough, it was the only time I've ever written any question or done anything on a website. And it was the only time she'd ever responded to anything. Uh-huh. And so I, because she responded, we started going back and forth and then started talking about things other than Xena and it just kind of led to where it is. We we got on very well and um, hit it off. Yeah, fantastic. So you can meet good people online. Yeah, yeah that's a, nice a great story. story. And I know a few people who've met partners online as well. But there's a lot of bad stories and you've got to be very safe when you're online meeting people. Yeah. But I was lucky in that circumstance. And
2: my God, I need it. he did it at that time in my life. Yeah, mm. it sounds perfect timing mm. and it's yeah. sometimes uh, you know just meant to be. Yeah. You're on Joy 94.9. You're listening to uh, Senior Constable Gabby Tyak. Uh You're with Jess and Caroline.
3: And we've got another song coming up, um, Island Home from the beautiful Christine Anu. Why did you choose
0: this song? Well, I love Australia. And like I've said, I, I really, really love the bush and the outdoors. And this song just makes me think of home. And even though I know she wrote it about the Torres Strait Islands, it refers to Australia and it really makes me think of home and and what I love about
2: Australia. Hi, I'm Carol Wilkinson. You're listening to Our Voice on Joy 94.9.
3: You're listening to Our Voice on Joy 94.9. Our guest this evening is Senior Constable Gabby Tayak. So Gabby, you've told us quite a powerful story actually about um, a previous relationship that you had that was... Very traumatic, mm. um, and I guess one of the benefits of that is you, as you mentioned, having that personal experience to draw upon with your role as a as a glow within the police force, which is quite special to have that connection.
0: Yeah, I think wh- people in same-sex relationships it's find it hard to believe that they can be victims of family violence because you're the you're the same sex as the other person it shouldn't be a power thing, which family violence is is about a lot of the time but the the thing is that it occurs within all types of relationships at pretty much the same degree so um and, and being in same sex relationship also I think people don't want um the general public to think okay you 're gay, so that's one bad thing you've also got family violence, so mm-hmm. that makes it even worse so you you keep things hidden more so than you would in a general um, heterosexual relationship. So it's an issue all across the board and Mm -hmm. it's one, obviously, that I hold close to my heart because of my experiences and I I just see it so much through my job that, you know, people are treating their partners as possessions rather than as human beings. They can't deal with um,
2: separation um, and, and there's just a massive issue around the world. So with the changes to the law now where how pol- police respond to um family violence has that made a difference how yeah well
0: if if a family violence incident is reported we have to respond to it we have to remove the offender we have to take out intervention orders there's a whole lot of stuff that we must do um but I was watching um the ABC the other night I think it was Four Corners. It was a story about family violence in Western Australia. And it was just incredible the the things that went on. And the woman was reporting to police and other service providers and nothing was done. And she, she ended up being killed by, by the man, even though she told family and police that he was going to kill her. He actually did do it. So it's it's an issue and it's, it's something that police must respond to. And now we do. The they're saying that family violence has increased but it's not it hasn't increased it's just been reported more because we have to take it seriously Mm. but it's also something that everyone has to respond to if you think your neighbor or your sister or your daughter or friend is a victim then you Mm. need to step in and help them they won't leave the situation until they're ready to but at least you can give them support and support is the most important thing
2: it can be difficult i know our neighbor um, had a family violence issue basically in the front yard and my partner Trish intervened and the family is still together and now the woman doesn't talk to us at all and mm. it's like three years ago and we tried to engage and I think she's embarrassed and mm. I just feel mortified that you know that's the response but it is, it's is—it's really difficult that you know she's still living her life and probably with an asshole, and <laughs> uh, you know also doesn't recognise that you can still, you know, be friends with someone that that actually did try to assist you. It is that that real embarrassment.
0: Yeah, it's embarrassing. You don't want to acknowledge it yourself. You want to pretend it it hasn't happened. Um, The common response is that, the The person who's the perpetrator will get better mm. they'll um they it's this whole cycle they'll be violent they'll apologize they won't do it again everything's great for a while it's like a honeymoon period and then it spikes up and starts all over again, and they get more and more aggressive
2: and I guess we should acknowledge it's not always the man as the perpetrator isn't it no. like in a heterosexual mm. relationship it's it can be the yeah, a woman as well, of, of course. course.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, we've had police go to incidents where it is a man and a woman, um, and it's and a, it's a quite petite woman and a, and a big, strong, muscular man, mm-hmm. and it's the woman who's the perpetrator mm-hmm. in that instance. But the police won't believe it because. They've both hit each other, yeah. mm. but um, the man's been protecting himself. I mean yeah. that, that that's a rare thing. It's I mean majority of cases are women women yeah. are the victims. Yeah. Um, and in same sex relationships, if we attend, it's it's difficult to know what's happening. Yeah. If it's two men or two yeah. women, sometimes it's really difficult. If it's heterosexual, usually you just look at the man because he generally is the perpetrator. He's a stronger person. He has the power in the relationship in his mind, Mm. so he uses that power. Or could that be another situation
3: where it's what the cases that aren't being reported because of the you know if a man's being abused by his female partner. The pride that I guess um, they suffer from, you know, from having to actually call the police to help them,
0: and that's the same for um, sexual assaults. Mm. Yeah. If a man's a victim of a sexual assault, which is quite common, yeah. they were very, very unlikely to report that because they're a man; they should be have been strong enough to fight back or to avoid the situation. Mm.
3: So can you tell us what led you? You've been in this uh, role as a gay, li- gay and lesbian liaison officer for four or so
0: years? Four years full-time and probably two years as a portfolio holder, so that's part-time. Okay. How how did you get into this role? It was quite interesting. Um, when I first came into it, I was at Bacchus Marsh Police Station and there was a list of um, people on a wall, which no one really looked at, but portfolios mean you do your general police job and then you have another thing you have to do on top of that And there was a list of portfolio holders on the wall and one of my colleagues said, oh, I'm the gay and lesbian liaison officer and I didn't even know and I don't know what that is. Uh, His name had just been put on this list and apparently he'd been in in that position for a few years and had no idea. Mm -hmm. So that made me think, well, come on, that's wrong. First of all, if someone's given that role, they should be doing it. They should at least know about it and be interested in it and doing it um, and having an impact on that community. And because I was part of that community, I thought, well, I can give back and I have an understanding and I want to do that role. So I took the role on, um, ended up going down to Ballarat a bit and getting involved in local groups, youth groups, gay and lesbian youth groups, um, because I couldn't find anything in Bacchus Marsh, small country town, Mm. you know, unless there was a a, occasional family violence, there was no local group or anything there. Uh, And then did some time up in Melbourne at the um, and Lesbian Advisory Unit because I wanted to know what the job entailed. I really wanted to be good at it. And then the um, position where I am, which is the only full-time position in the state, came up and I went for it. And oddly enough, got it because I was um, the only person who went for the job. Oh,
3: wow. So it's not a prerequisite to be part of the GLBTI community?
0: No. I think sometimes it's better if you're not. Because then you're a champion for for the community as a um, heterosexual person, Mm. um, showing that, you know, you can be not part of the community, but good at assisting the community. But do you find
3: it helps? Do you tell people that you're dealing with victims of crime and violence that
0: you're a lesbian? Does that help to sort of form a a confidence in the relationship? Um, a, A lot of people ask i don't you- i don't say it because I think well I think they'd assume that I am most people assume because I'm doing this role that I am right not all glows are um but they assume I am, but I think it it helps me in a way because I have the experience i have an understanding of what it's like to not be out to hide things to not mm. trust people, mm. which is a big reason why people in our community won't report to police because there's that lack of trust and that comes historically through and also just because people don't want to be outed, don't want to be judged. They might think police are homophobic,
2: many reasons. So you touched on the historical side. Can you take us back to the... Why did the glows come around? Why did, uh, you know, Victoria Police feel that that was necessary?
0: Yeah, well, um, I um, I guess most people know, maybe you don't, that being a homosexual was a criminal offence before 1981. So it wasn't too long ago that police were out there arresting people because they were gay, not because they were doing anything necessarily, but because they were suspected of being gay. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, when when things are going on like that, then it's no wonder the community doesn't trust the police. So in 1981, when it was decriminalised, it took a long time for that – idea um and response from police to to change so not in any one they didn't go oh well you know we're no, not going to do anything yeah. anymore and we don't arrest anyone they would still probably go out and arrest because they were used to that mm. or they would do things other things to um arrest for other reasons uh, an additional offense when it was really because they were gay mm. I, I don't know i mean i wasn't around then but a lot of things were going on there were things said in the in the media from, I think, the police minister in the 90s saying that Victoria Police was no place for gay people. Mm. You know, that's, that's not too long ago. There yeah. were a lot of gay people in the police force. Yeah. So that didn't go down well and it showed the community as well that, you know, we can't trust the police. They don't want gay people in the police, so we can't trust yeah. them. When you're getting that message from the top. Mm. Mm. So um, in just before 2000, um, the Victoria Police and the Equal Opportunity Commission started a working group and decided well you're not meeting our needs you're the police you're meant to be meeting the needs of all the community what can we do so they started a working group and from those discussions gay and lesbian liaison officers were created so late 2000 early 2001 the first one Melinda Edwards Edwards came into into place in Victoria Police
2: and I'd have to say she's one of my heroes she's um Uh, recognised on same same website as one of the Mm -hmm. top uh twenty five most influential GLBTI community, uh, along with, you know, Justice Michael Kirby and Bob Brown. So she's in. Held in high regard and now moved to the Northern Territory and doing mm. some fantastic work up there. And the beauty, I think, that she says now is because of her track record, she no longer has to prove herself yeah. and people just can take on board what she's trying to do. So, you know. imagine the, re- the relief of the community.
0: I mean, I was in New South Wales at this point. I didn't know any of this was going on. But for the community to realise that, hey, we've got someone in the police force who understands us and is there for us Mm. it would have been a great relief and then you know i think 2001 christine nixon marched in gay pride and police were allowed to march in the pride parade in uniform fully paid for that day so um, were you in victoria
2: at that stage
0: no No. i moved down in uh late
2: 2001 and joined late 2002 because it was a particularly amazing response. When you hear the, the Vic police always get a huge roar, yeah. but that first year when Christine Nixon was on, like people crying, you know, <laughs> well, on the sidelines. and I missed it, but I was marching with her when she retired that yeah, year, and yeah. that, she was like
0: a rock star yeah, that year. Yeah. The, the crowd were crazy. Oh. They were crowding around her, wanting autographs and yeah. photos, and it was – so I, I, I suppose that would be a similar thing when, yep, when sure. the first march. Yep. And we've had two chief commissioners since then who have marched in pride and really have followed on from what she's done, yeah. really focusing on the community and realising that
2: GLBTI community are important and have special needs that the police need to respond to. Yeah, and I think um, it's remarkable that uh, Ken Lay uh, has come into the Joyce Studios and he speaks so openly and he just sounds like a pretty amazing guy. And I think, yeah, so we've changed it at the top and, and that's certainly filtering down. If you've just tuned in
3: and you're listening to our voice on Joy 94.9, and our guest this evening is Senior Constable Gabby Tayak. I must admit that I'm, I'm reasonably new to Australia and to Victoria, and my biggest impact with the police force would be from going to pride march and i do remember the pride march you were just talking about with christine nixon's last one mm. and every year i'm in tears i don't know yeah. if it's the band <laughs> or just the whole excitement of it but it's such a proud moment yeah. so you just previously mentioned that um it's a full paid day for you, for you to march in yeah. in pride but is there a lot of excitement with the police
0: officers uh, gearing up to it because I feel that yeah. as a spectator we love it because when, when you're a police officer generally you deal with people in terrible situations where the only time you hear anything in res coming back to you is when you've done something wrong so when you're marching in pride and everyone's cheering you on it's the most incredible feeling and you feel
2: really proud that you're marching in a pride march in uniform yeah i always think it's a great day for melbourne if you're a new person glbti coming out and you witness that the amount of groups that are there (laughs) There's sporting groups and social welfare groups and uh, and even political groups. It's the one time where the Greens and the Libs and the Labor guys they can all be marching and get and it's in a positive atmosphere and yeah. I I always drag my parents down yeah. to the pride march as well and they get
3: just as excited and dad cheers on all the vintage <laughs> men he likes that and I, yeah it's
0: it's great it's, it's a nice different see. experience than um, mardi gras because mardi gras is more so. of a spectacle yeah whereas i think Party. pride march is is um you know, real march. people, yeah, mm-hmm.
2: marching proudly for the community they they are part of. The only thing I did uh, one year was I saw the bears marching, but I didn't realise they were bears, and they had these flags, and I thought, oh, they must love dogs. They have got all these <laughs> these flags with paws all over them.
1: <laughs> anyway,
2: I made a goose at myself that year. But anyway, that's a kind of story for another day. So you're on Joy ninety four point nine with Senior Constable Gabby Tayac.
0: Joy. Joy
2: ninety four point nine. You're on Joy 94.9. This is Our Voice with Jess and Caroline speaking with Senior Constable Gabby Tyag. We were talking about Pride March and you've got a funny story about Pride March. <laughs> yes, um, a few years ago, um, Jill, my partner, came along and brought our German shepherd,
0: Callie, and um, I was walking around in uniform. This was before we, we started the march and we just mingle around with the crowd and have some fun. Very hot summer's day and um, she's walking with the um, Gemma shepherd on the lead. The crowd was just moving out of the way. And she was thinking, well, I don't understand why this is happening because Callie's really well behaved, <laughs> friendly. She's not looking aggressive. And then I said, well, you're walking with a police officer and you've got a German Shepherd, <laughs> so have a think. She looks like a sniffer dog. <laughs> it was oh, hilarious. Yeah, that's a crack but, up. You know, I think if it, we go to anything now, when I just wear my uniform and bring bring one of our dogs, yeah. um, you know, we'll be able to get to the front of the queue.
3: Well, that's yeah. <laughs> right. Take so, them to a concert. I was going to
2: say, pity Madonna's not coming out. You I get know. front row seats. Yeah, <laughs> the whole of the front. Row maybe. Yeah.
3: Well, Gabby, one of the one of the things we like to do with our guests to help us get a bit more of an understanding of you is we ask you to bring in some memorabilia. Yes. And I'm just admiring what's on the desk there. If you could yeah.
0: describe to the listener what what we've got okay. today. Okay. Well, I've got a premiership cup from <laughs> 2009 where Geelong beat St Kilda, and that's. Very special to me and Jill because um, we love the Geelong Football Club, and Jill had been to five losing grand
2: finals. Oh, wow, that's commitment. Including that's
0: the 2008, we didn't get to the 2007 because we couldn't get a ticket. Who won 2008, Gabby? Oh. <laughs> Don't mention that. I won't say it. I will Don't not mention say it. the war. But so you know, when we both got a ticket. To 2009, from a friend's generosity, who got tickets for us, we weren't able to get them in the ballot. Wow! Very unfair ballot, and um, we we were there for when they beat St Kilda, and you know it was the most amazing. Game was so close, Mm. um, and we were there. And I think when the final siren rang, the last minute, Jill had was on the ground. um, She'd fallen from jumping up and down and sitting on the ground, going, "How long? How long?" Because we were just in front, Um, and uh, she didn't get to see the end. But (laughs) she couldn't get up. She was she'd lost all her strength because she was so excited and so nervous. Wow! Uh, So we've got that. So that's very um, special. And I've also got a little beef eater um, soft plush toy um, that we, we picked up when we went to our trip around Europe and the UK late last year um, Jill's got her um, family from Ireland so we went to um, Belfast and my ancestry comes from Cornwall so I thought you know it would be nice to pick something up and that's really important to me too
3: they look fantastic. As always, we'll take some snaps of those and pop it on our, our social media page. If you want to get in touch with us, provide any feedback, have any questions for guests that we've had on previously or currently, um, then just head to the Joy website, joy.org.au and you can go to the Our Voice page and connect to our social media via the link.
2: So Gabby, what? where, where are you at now with the Victoria Police? What would you like to still achieve while you're there? Well, the The big thing that we want
0: is that there will be no need for gay and lesbian liaison officers because people will just go to any police officer and report, but that's a long way off, unfortunately, because people aren't even reporting to us a lot of the things that they should be reporting. So I think my hope in the future is that there would be less prejudice-motivated crime, crime that is um, directed at a person because of different things about them, sexuality, race... Uh, religion, all that sort of stuff. I would love, love to be living in a world where we don't have to respond to family violence as much as we do. We we don't have to respond to drunken assaults and prejudice motivated crime.
2: Do you ever get disheartened? Oh God, yes. Yeah. So how do you deal with that?
0: I really was, and that's why one of the reasons I took this role, mm. and I was so glad to have this role because you do all you see out there is the bad mm. in people, and you you become. Jaded, and mm. I became a, quite an angry person mm. because every day you go to work and it's just the same thing: assaults, violence, um, thefts—just constantly the bad in people. Mm. So, you know, when you when you have police respond to an incident, we're meant to be happy and friendly, and you know we'll come and fix that, which is what our job is. But it's hard to be upbeat like that when, for maybe, you've been doing the same thing every day for ten years. Hmm.
3: I think that's something I've noticed. We've had so, so much fun in the studio this evening. You've got such a bubbly personality, but I I don't want to um, gloss over the, the seriousness of your role within the police, the police force. I know that you would speak of this with your show here on Joy on Wednesdays at the Victoria Police Community Hour, hmm. but is there anything that you really want to drive home to the listeners in regards to uh, if you find yourself in a situation where... You need help from the police. How how should they go about it? If they don't want to pick up the phone and and call for an emergency, even so,
0: what are their options? Well, there are glows all around the state. There's probably forty five of us. I'm the only full time one, but we're not available twenty four hours a day, unfortunately. Mm. But the the thing that I really want to get across is because you're part of the GLBTI community doesn't mean you're a less person and worth less. Mm. The police are there for everybody. So if you're in trouble, you call the police. It's it's as simple as that. You don't have to think, well, I'm gay. Um, Someone called me a name and then hit me. That's just what life is like and I'll put up with it because you're letting the person get away with it Mm. and then you're letting them go and do it to the next person. If something happens to you, report it. Mm. You can ring 000 if it's an emergency. You can ring your glow. We've got um, on the Victoria Police website, we've got a list of contacts. Uh, Just walk into your police station We're all trained to respond to all types of incidents.
2: So the rank-and-file police officer, they're supportive now, like generally. um, You know, sometimes you see, you know, the underbelly TV shows where they're still the hard and fast sort of coppers. Mm -hmm. But would you say that generally? Absolutely. We
0: do training and have done probably for about five years now with recruits in their first week about diversity, about gay and lesbian liaison, about different issues for different communities. If you do get a bad response, look, there's probably about 13,000 police mm. officers in Victoria Police. There's going to be people that have their own prejudices. We're mm. told we have to leave them out of our work, but it's not always possible. So if you do get a bad response, you can ring a glow and, and let them know. There are ways to compl- make complaints and respond to those sorts of incidents but I but I urge you to contact the police if you need them no matter what the situation is. Just on a personal experience I have had to call for the police for
3: assistance um, in a very distressing time and it's so daunting to pick up the phone and dial the number but what I found is when the police officers actually arrived at my house they 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 their manner in which they addressed the situation and made me feel just like a person. Um, I was having trouble with a girlfriend at the time and it wasn't an issue, and I was all of my judgments that I'd had about being embarrassed and it was going to be a big drama. It was a very su- serious situation, but I think sometimes when you're in that situation, you put more pressure on yourself. Mm thinking what's going to happen um, when at the end of the day I've been lucky enough to deal with people much like yourself, Gabby, just normal people doing their job, looking after people in need. So um, I have great respect for the Victorian
0: police and, and for what you do. I think it's incredible. That's great to hear. Yeah. No one should be thinking about like what you were thinking, you know, am I going to be embarrassed? If you're in trouble, That's from when you're a child, you're to- told if you're in trouble, call the police. It's the same when you're an adult. If mm. you're
2: in trouble, you call the police. That's what we're here for. Yeah. You're on Joy 94.9, listening to with Senior Constable Gabby Tyak, Jess and Caroline, and... We have a track to play, and it's from your (laughs) favourite pop star that you've been stalking over the years. I don't
0: stalk her anymore. (laughs) Uh, I've grown out of that. Yes, Madonna, it's called um, Love Spend. It's from her latest album, and it's all about um, being in a relationship where her. I think it's about Guy Ritchie where he um, has all the money. Um, He has pubs, women, fast cars, and all that sort of thing, and she wants him to treat her the way he treats his money, um, because he treats his money like it's gold and it's the best thing. And so it's about being in a relationship and treating someone like a person rather than a possession.
1: You are listening to Our Voice with Caroline Vogels and Jess Morhi on Joy 94.9.
2: You're on Joy 94.9 listening to Senior Gunstable Gabby Tyke. We've just heard Madonna and we're going to finish off our show with our fun little little questions. So, Gabby, who's your favourite GLBTI icon? Oh, Madonna she has a big gay following mainly men and me um name one
0: thing on your bucket list okay um going to cornwall because when i went to europe and in, in uk last year i didn't get there if you could be anywhere in the world where would you be right now i like it cold it's cold here but i i probably go to alaska what makes you laugh gabby being with friends have just funny fun. i don't like jokes You told a joke earlier. It it wasn't that funny. Sorry, Jess. Um, But I like just humour, having fun with people, just funny things. If you could go back in time to any decade, which would it be? That's tough. Mm, Maybe the twenties. The twenties was was an interesting time. Watching Boardwalk Empire. Yeah. um, That's where I'm getting that feeling from. Yeah. Would
3: you hang out with all the gangsters?
2: Yeah, totally. (laughs) Wearing those shoes.
0: Yeah, I'd probably dress like them Yeah, (laughs) and carry a gun. Oh, huge.
2: Yeah.
0: I still do that now,
2: don't I? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, What's one word you could use to describe your life? Interesting. What's your favourite hobby? Bushwalking.
0: What's your favourite movie? I don't really have one. They change with the times, but I can tell you my favourite TV show, if that Mm. helps. True Blood. Love it. Someone else in the room loves it too. (laughs) Andy, our faithful panel (laughs) off, is bouncing around in
2: his chair. What's the most outrageous thing you have ever done? (laughs) Well, would it be um, jogging with Madonna?
3: Yeah, I was going to say. That might be it. (laughs) Well, what's the best experience of your life so far?
0: Um... Obviously, meeting my partner is a pretty damn great experience. But going and travelling Europe and UK with her, um, it was fantastic because she's not much of a traveller, doesn't like to be away from home for too long. So it was amazing to spend three or so weeks travelling countries like that with her, which I never thought would happen. Are you married? No. If it were legal, would you be married? I'd happily get married, but Jill's not keen on marriage. She thinks it's a sort of a... Um, Heterosexual Yeah And so Did you see that um, Tasmania Mm. looks like They're going to be The first state To legalise Same-sex marriage I'm thinking Cool I'll go Yeah Or I'll wait Till it happens here We'll see I I would would get married But it's not something that uh, You know A lot of people think Marriage is the Be-all and end-all And they want to be married But for me Don't care really Either way
2: And Gabby What's your star sign? Capricorn You've been listening to Senior Constable Gabby Tyack on our voice Uh, Gabby's really shared part of her life's uh, stories and journeys and and been very open with... Sometimes I think we think police officers maybe don't have a life and that <laughs> everything's always been perfect, but you've been, um, you know, sharing some really heartfelt stories and also some of the joys of the job, and we really appreciate that. And we thank you for coming on Our Voice. Thanks very much. Thank you. And thank you, Jess.
1: You have been listening to Our Voice on Joy 94.9, For more information, head to joy.org.au to connect with Our Voice online.